in making decisions in life, if you don't, before the decision comes up, before there's emotions involved, before there's stakes in the decision, you want to make a filter before that. You want to make an operating system for how to make decisions before that so that when the decision comes up, it's not emotional. It's Mm. not based on the decision itself. It's based on your principles that you've created before the fact. Welcome to the Face Your Freedom Show, where we talk all about creating a life of freedom, walking your own path, and pursuing your purpose. My name is Alan Howard. And I'm James Weston. We are two entrepreneurs best known for taking a leap off the beaten path and pursuing a life of freedom and self-discovery. Let's get into it. Cheers, baby. Let's go. Let's go. You ready to roll? Cool, cool, cool. All right. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Face Your Freedom Show. This is episode number 10. Double digits, dog. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I, I heard, I don't know what the statistic actually is, but I heard that like most podcasts or shows don't make it past like episode four or five. Okay. So I'm, pr- I'm proud of us. We, we've done it. We've done it. We're, gonna we're, go, we're going it. far, guys. Let's go. How you doing? What's I'm doing going great, on? man. Yeah, yeah, life's good. Had a super good weekend. Um, this is a fun period right now. I feel like the new year, like it's getting started the right way. Yeah. Things are going well. How about how about for you? Bro, I feel like, and, and you too, because I know, I know you've been through a lot, but like this month, I've learned so much this month. I've been going through so many different like changes and like, damn, a lot's happened already just this year. Oh, yeah. And it's just started like what, February now? Yeah. So yeah. Cool. It's awesome, man. It's beautiful. Well, we want to talk about something that we we've struggled with, we're struggling with, I think everybody struggles with on a daily basis, which is how to make good decisions in a world with endless options. And that's really what we live in today, right? Like back, like in history, I guess it was like, you know, you get up, you hunt, you eat, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't that many decisions. It was like either do that or you don't survive. Go out and get your food and then come back home. So that's pretty much it. And and that was, that's what continued life. But today it's like, I don't know, should I get a job? Should I start a business? Should I become a freelancer? Should I get a girlfriend? Should I do this? There's just options everywhere. How do you deal with that? How do you create a system for that? So let's kind of discuss that a little bit. I would love to. I think this is going to be a really cool topic. And I think one of the things that I, I really like about that, about this in particular is we have infinite options infinite information yeah so the skill that we need to now learn is how to sort information and options yeah and i think that's something that we haven't evolved yet as humans to figure that out and like even just in the last 20 years that's become a real necessary skill that we have to learn to develop as humans and so diving into that today i think it's going to be really valuable i'm excited to learn more yeah i know you're excited to talk about it and you've done some more brainstorming on it so um cool have you have you made any uh put you on the spot a little bit have you made any tough decisions recently oh man dude so many (laughs) (laughs) the beginning of this year has been just a constant uh a constant filtering of choices yeah. and and decisions. I know you know about one of them. I, I turned down a really big business contract uh, just just a couple weeks ago. And that was like really, that decision-making process weighed on me for like three weeks. Do I take this really big contract, which I kind of know I'm signing away a lot of my freedom, yeah. um, but completely changing my business? Or do um, do I stick to kind of my, my morals and my values for this year? The word I really chose was balance in my life. And so... Um, it's so funny how the universe tests you, right? Yeah. I, I, I chose the word balance, and then like a week later, the biggest contract of my professional my career, career. Yeah, yeah, my professional career, like came across my, my let's, desk. Let's do a little details. Obviously, we can't yeah. talk about who it is or anything, but yeah. like what type of numbers are we talking about? So originally, like around 600,000 
$600,000 con- contract. Yeah, $600,000 okay. contract, okay. but likely the contract was going to be two years. Okay. Um, so they were pretty open to us signing a, a, a year and a half contract, an 18-month contract. Mm-hmm. So that contract would actually been even more. Um, so what does that come down to, like, monthly, give or take? It, w- it would have been around looking at $50,000 a month. Okay, so an additional, like, gross rev yep. in your business, fifty grand a month, and you said no. Yeah, yeah. And it w- in the God. project, it would it would have been, after three months, it would have been easy to manage, mm-hmm. three or four months. But the problem is, do you sacrifice three or four months of your time mm-hmm. and, and health for that? And for me, we're, we're a small agency. So taking on that contract right as uh, my business partners leaving the business, it would have just been a lot of, a lot of uh, self-sacrifice. Yeah. And not, not to mention the fact that like you've made other commitments prior to that. Yep. And it's sacrificing not only yourself, but sacrificing commitments that you make. For sure. Right? For sure. Hmm. Yeah, and, and actually, I don't even care because we didn't sign the contract, so we can talk about the company. It was HP Computer, so it was doing SEO for them, uh-huh. and, and that would have been great. They're a Fortune 50 company. We already work with uh, two Fortune 500 companies, so getting another one and a Fortune 50 one would have been really great for the business, but um, sure. it just wasn't, it didn't feel right, and I think another part that didn't feel right is the energy of the lady that I would have been working with mm. was very negative and very stressful and very chaotic. Ooh. And I think okay. just as much as we're choosing the energy of the people we date and the friends we have around us, mm. you have to be careful of the energy of the clients you choose. It doesn't matter if someone's going to give you a $1.2 million check because yeah. that's kind of probably what it would have been. It probably would have been a two-year project. Um, it's not worth it if that person's bringing a lot of stress and negative energy to your life daily. You know, I learned that back when I used to broker hotels and, uh, and apartment buildings yep. because you're dealing with like people that have, you know, tens or hundreds of millions of dollars and they're flipping these giant assets. Yep. And we get into these deals where like, you know, it'd be a $50 million deal. Wow. And they'd sign a contract and then the buyer and the seller would get on the phone, have a disagreement or have like a butting of heads. And then they'd both say, okay, go fuck yourself. And they'd just blow the whole deal up. And I'm like, Ego. no, that was, my, that was my commission. That was like hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars. You know, yeah. I was like starting out in real estate. And they're just like, I don't give a shit. I don't want to work with him. And yeah. I'm like, wow. And that kind of comes up with the concept of like, have you ever heard of like, fuck you money? Yeah. You heard of yeah, that? Yeah, like yeah. getting into a financial position where it's like, you have so much money where you can really like guard yourself from who you want to involve with. You don't have to like take on every opportunity that you have. Yeah. That's a good place to get to. For sure. For sure. For sure. I yeah. don't have fucking you money yet, <laughs> but, <you're laughs> but I still, I still yeah. said fuck you. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, I, I do, I do like the term. So that was that was a pretty tough decision to make at the beginning of the year, right? Because you have like, it's always the the devil and the angel on your shoulder, right? The back and forth, like, is it worth doing this? Like, it would only be three or four months of like this, but um, I think ultimately you have to decide. And it was a decision I made is like, when am I going to start living the life that I'm imagining? And the life I'm imagining has a lot more balance than the life that I would have lived if I would have taken that contract. And so, wow. um, and then the big thing I also thought about is like, why am I not, why, why am I scared to let go of this? Mm. I'm scared to let go of this because I have a fear that another thing like this isn't going to come across my desk, which is really just living out of a place of scarcity. Yeah. And not trusting. Yep. Wow. Yep. How about for you? That's big, though. Tell me, that's tell big. me some decisions you've uh, you've had to make. Man, um, the one thing that's popped in my head is like I've been dating a lot less mm. and being a lot more selective in like who I spend time with, and that's Love been that. like uh, that's been super hard too because like I get like like 
you know, certain things dangling in front of me and I'm just like, ah, ah, you know, and I'm just like, no, 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 like stick to your commitments, stick to the things that you made yeah. and like the decisions that you made in a non-emotional environment, because especially like with women and dating and all that kind of stuff, like it's a lot of your decisions are emotional. A lot of them are with, you know, your other brain and stuff like that. And so it's just, so it's like, um, I've really been embracing that and, um, it's hard, but it feels good. Yeah. It feels good when you like make a commitment to yourself, make a commitment to your goals and then really stick to it. And then every small decision that you make reinforces the fact that you're like, yeah, Builds I, like confidence. I, I'm in control. Yeah. I've got that confidence. The yeah. right brain is in control. Yeah. Yeah. The right brain. Yeah. <laughs> the upper brain. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, you know, what's really funny is we actually just did a workshop and I don't think we've talked about this yet on the podcast. We just did a workshop with two of our good friends here, Brittany and Frida, mm-hmm. and it was a relationship workshop and everyone listening, if you are single and you haven't done this, please do this. Yes, please. You get a whiteboard, you go through and you list the qualities of the people that you typically have dated because we all have patterns, certain people that we date and oftentimes it's unhealthy patterns. And so we did that, our before list. Let's give a couple examples of before. Okay. uh, What what were like one or two of your befores? Dude, you know what's so funny is like uh, for my before, it was like girls who are more girls who like care more about me than themselves. That was something that I realized as a pattern. Like that can go really deep, but it was like they're willing to sacrifice themselves for me as far as their time, commitments, things like that. It's not something I wanted, no. but it was a recurring theme of people I was dating that are willing to do that. And a little uh, bit of like codependence. Yeah, codependence for sure. Yeah. And in also realizing that I was trying to like move them out of codependence to interdependence and their own freedom but in, in doing so yeah in doing you're so anchoring I'm creating yourself. yeah i'm creating uh, more of that codependence so yeah, yeah. that was one for me and then another one was um let me think of another one right now i would say like girls who have um who had trauma like relationship trauma with like a fa- uh either their parent or like their dad that they hadn't yet resolved. Mm. Um, so they hadn't done the work on it, but it was very apparent that that trauma existed. And we all, we all have those fucking traumas, yeah. but there's certain people who have done the work and who haven't. And um, and it was girls oftentimes who hadn't started that work that I was realizing I was kind of dating. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes those girls can be a ton of fun, yeah. great energy, super sexually attractive. Um, but we did that exercise, yeah. the before and after list, and it was so funny, man, because <laughs> as soon as I identified the before list, like there was these two girls who were kind of in my sphere around mm-hmm. me that reached out to me that like they hit all the boxes as far as like attraction, fun, sexy, all this stuff, but they also hit all the boxes of like the before list. Yeah. And I couldn't, like, you know, the the wrong brain was like you should definitely sleep with them. And yeah. I'm like, no, I can't. Like, yeah. it's, it's clear to me that it's, they're on the before list. Yeah, that clarity is so powerful. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is like in making decisions in life, if you don't, before the decision comes up, before there's emotions involved, before there's stakes in the decision, you want to make a filter before that. You want to yeah. make an operating system for how to make decisions before that so that when the decision comes up it's not emotional it's Mm. not based on the decision itself it's based on your principles that you've created before the fact so that's really kind of what we're trying to get into today is like how do you develop your decision making operating system yeah it sounds super techie and nerdy but like essentially just like what are your filters how do you make decisions in this world of endless options yeah and and i think so much of that goes down to your morals what what are you what are you willing to accept and not accept 
Mm. And once you, once we did that exercise with Brittany and Frida, it was so clear to me of like, okay, this girl is really sexy, really cool. She like before I would have been stoked to hang out with her, but I'm like, no, that actually it doesn't meet my, my values anymore. So I can't yeah. clarity because the filter's been made for sure. For sure. Yeah. Kind of going off a, uh, something that I, that I read recently, we got Valentine's day coming up. This yeah. is probably going to air after Valentine's day, but, um, the San Antonio zoo is <laughs> they're doing a, um, like a, I guess it's on Valentine's day yeah. where you can go to the zoo and you can buy a rat or a cockroach okay. and name it after your ex and then feed it to like a snake or to another, <laughs> to another animal. And, uh, I think that's such a great kind of fucked up idea. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? I think it's a great marketing idea, but I think they, the people going and actually doing it need to need to work through their their issues with their eggs. <laughs> if you're going through the effort to uh, to feed a rat to a snake to uh, name it your ex, I think you I think you got you got some stuff to work through. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it could be some some closure. Yeah, that could that is true. Some yeah. very very clear closure. Yeah. You know, send them a video. I I got you a rat. This is you. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, kind of like burning the note, right? Like write, writing it on the note, burning it, that, that closure. But also, feeding it to a snake. Yeah, also listen to our romantic relationships episode if you're going and feeding a, a rat to a snake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I just thought that was, cute. That was, that was yeah. pretty funny. But, um, you know, one thing that, you know, I went to uh, Joe Dispenza this weekend, yeah. and that was like by far one of the best, if not the best seminars I've ever been to. And what's crazy is that it's really his like intro to his work. Yep. If you guys don't know Joe Dispenza, I definitely recommend checking him out. But yeah, let's put a link in the video right now to some of his videos that people can check out. As yeah, well. videos. And also he has two really good books too. Um, but anyway, not to promote him by any means. I'm just sharing it because it was like life changing for me, literally. But um, the guy literally breaks down from a scientific perspective all the things that you hear about like law of attraction and like yeah. thinking and creating and like how our minds are able to manifest things and all that he has basically devoted his life to figuring out the science behind that which is essentially like a mix between like neuroscience and quantum physics and all these different like interrelated things but the real takeaway is that like i left that event saying there's scientific proven evidence mm -hmm. that we can literally create anything we want yes. with our minds Love like that anything wow. like he showed us brain scans of people who had like 50 tumors like cancerous tumors and after six or eight weeks no tumors well wow. not with chemotherapy yeah. not with anything just with the power of their mind and yeah. focusing their attention he showed us people like their their scans of their eyes blind people that after like a five or six day event were able to see again and like, it's, it's, it's really about telling your body where to go and what to heal, right, with, yeah. with visualization. Well, I mean, that's his story, right? Yeah. So, like, he, um, he was doing, I guess it was like a triathlon or, or maybe he was just, like, riding, riding in, like, a marathon with his bike. And he got hit by a car and got flown into the air, yep. landed on his spine, shattered, like, seven vertebrae. And well, he's looking at, like, a massive surgery with, like, a rod in his back and all that. That's what they're saying. If you want to walk again, if you want to be able to move your back again, that's what you're looking at. Yep. And he was like uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I'm a chiropractor. I want to find a natural way to do this. And he essentially meditated his way within six or eight weeks to repairing his vertebrae and his yeah. spine wow. with his brain. Wow. And it's like, that's when he decided, he's like, wow, this is, this is powerful. I want to learn this. And then I want to share this with the world. The power of our mind. Yeah. And so it's crazy, bro. And it's like, you know, how has that changed for you since going there? Like what, what is that going to change about your actions or your day-to-day -day life? 
I mean, I, I used to meditate like, you know, 20 minutes a day, most yeah. days, not even every day. Yeah. And now I'm like meditating between like an hour and a half to two hours a day. Wow. You know, and, and it's like. And is that broken up? Yeah, it's broken up like 45 minute, 45 minute, cool. give or take. Cool. Um, but it's like the thing that I realized from the seminar is that that time you spend meditating, you're actually creating here on earth. Like, mm. and I know I'm sounding super esoteric and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And if you don't follow his information, then like I sound crazy, For but sure. it's like when you go into this other quantum field and you're actually using your brain to create, right? Yep. Well, you're doing a lot more than you are just physically moving things in the physical world here. So I used to think, oh no, I, I've got so much work to do. I don't want to spend more than 20 minutes a day meditating. Yep. But then the paradigm shift is like, if I spend an hour a day meditating, I can get done things in this physical world that would take me hours and hours and days and years even yeah. by being focused enough during that meditation practice. Right? And are you, are you creating, are you thinking about that thing in, in that meditation practice or are you just trying to get to a, a, a different brainwave state? What is, what is it exactly? It, it's a combination of that. So it's like once you get your brain into like, he talks about there's different brainwaves. And so like, you know, beta brainwaves, just to give an example, are like very, very like anxious brainwaves. Mm. And it's like when you're out in the wild, let's say, and you see a, a panther or something, yeah. well, your brain's going to start getting an, like anxiety yep. and you're going to be in like beta brainwaves. Well, you're not going to be creating the future during that. You're going to be like fight or flight during that. Yep. Whereas if you can get yourself... No, fo no focus as well. That's probably like scrolling on social media as well, right? It's just like yeah. you're jumping from thing to thing, no focus. Just endless. Yeah, exactly. No space to really create. Cool. And so the, you know, the first part of the practice is really like getting your brain to a place where like it's calm it's in like more like alpha waves and the other waves like theta and all that and essentially being in a place where you can create and yeah. so the first part of practice is getting to that space then it's like disconnecting from your body and from this physical world and then it's visualizing and creating the future wow yeah and it's and it's powerful dude it's super powerful and you can feel it immediately like i don't know how many people have actually meditated for 45 minutes for for an hour um but like it may take you 20 minutes to get to that state but once you get to that state you're like whoa i'm in another place right now yeah and it's really cool um, and it's kind of like how people talk about, like, we don't use, you know, 97% of our brain yep. capacity. Yep. He's kind of showing us scientifically that we're not and wow. that we can be. Wow. So anyway, cool, don't want to, don't want to talk about no, Joel's I love episode. It. I, but, I think, I think this is cool for people to hear because this yeah. is, this is game changing stuff. And even for me, you coming back from it, I'm yeah. getting started doing it. I just did my first 45 minute one. The other Let's night, go. So. I was stoked, right? Oh, yeah. It's cool. It. It's cool. I think, um. I think it's a, a powerful thing, and that's really what these episodes are about, right? We're, we're trying to figure out how do we live this human existence as free, as happy, as healthy as possible. And, like, mm -hmm. and part of that is freeing our mind of a lot of those chains and attachments that we have. So Yeah, and awesome. just med meditating alone is going to allow us to slow down our thoughts and make good decisions, which yep. is what we're talking about today. Yep. Um, I, th I think it's an average of like 2,500 thoughts per hour. Like if you want to make a decision about one thing and you have 2,500 thoughts, it's pretty hard to get to, to a conclusion. Yeah. Whereas like, sure. like you said, like meditating is going to allow you to slow down some of those thoughts and make better decisions. Yeah. And feel I, one of the biggest things I'm trying to do this year now is like when I'm making a decision, getting to the place where I can feel from an intu intuitive standpoint, is yeah. this actually the right decision? Um, and actually really being willing to accept, I would say last year was the first year I accepted. My intuition is stronger than my logical brain. Yeah. For so much of my life, I'm like, no, I have to make this decision like, like logically with my prefrontal cortex. But actually 
the more we can be in alignment with our intuition, the better the decisions I believe we're going to make. Because our intuition ac accesses so much more of our information, yeah. our patterns, our experiences. It, it knows. It's seen way more than our, uh, our prefrontal cortex and our, our um, really our, our, our newest brain has seen. So Yeah. I mean, we really are connected to like an intelligence. Yep. Like that's far greater than our brains. I mean, just think about like your heart's beating right now your food's digesting right now. You're doing all that without your conscious brain. Yep. What's doing that? There's some intelligence that's within all of us. And the more you tap into that and the more you trust in that intelligence, yep. the more you can create what you want in this world. Edison and Albert Einstein talk a lot about that. Really? Their ability to be able to tap into their intuition to a greater intelligence is what allowed like Edison to create. He had thousands of different patents. He was able to create thousands of things that no one had ever created. Where did they come from? They came from... A greater source a greater information yeah. and um he and trusted he, it yeah he trusted that he he talks a lot about that he he used a, his own form of meditation for working through ideas he's a really interesting figure to be able to study for, hmm. for i gotta dig in a little bit more yeah then. i think i think you would really enjoy so. it um let me let me switch gears just a little bit on decision making because i think one of the things a lot of people are dealing with for like that are listening to this is really the indecision around so many decisions mm. and um Actually, th this is uh, this is interesting. Recently, I signed up for Tinder because I have a good friend who's running an event, and you have to bring two Tinder dates to it. Mm -hmm. uh, she wants to do an event on like dating today. Sure. And uh, and so I, I signed up for Tinder, and one of the things I realized when you're on Tinder uh, is two things. One, you have infinite selection if you have good pictures. Right. Like, there's so <laughs> many people there, and so you're just like it's it's. And then the dopamine spike of swiping, I realized I would connect with people who seemed cool, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't even want to talk with them. I just wanted to keep swiping yep. because of like this, oh. this dopamine spike. Um, and then too, how do you like filter this, right? Like uh, one of the things I realized the other day is, is don't tender while horny. It's like, don't go to the grocery store while hungry, while hungry. Yeah. right? Because you're just like, I'll swipe right to whatever. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so it was cool going back to the, the workshop we did is like, is once you know your values, for me, it's like re being really clear on the values. So I'm gonna be on Tinder, the chick who's like putting her ass into the camera on the with first picture. With her thong on. Yeah, with her thong on, like, yes, my 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 lower brain finds this attractive, <laughs> yeah. but also it doesn't meet my values and my morals. So I've already had the filter in place and it's very easy for me to go and just be like, not interested, not interested, not interested. Yeah. Or like a girl in their profile, uh, you know, let's go out and get a drink. That's her very first thing she says. That's actually a value that I don't really care about. Going out and drinking, so not interested. It helps simplify things. So I think yeah. a lot of what we're talking about here today, whether it's dating, whether it's business, whether it's life, is like, what are the values? Establish those. That can really help you simplify the decision making that you're doing. And before you're in the decision making environment. Yeah. Right. For sure, because the temptation is there. Yeah. Right. The 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 really attractive girl with a great body showing her body very sexually on on Tinder is very attractive. And if I don't have those values there, I'm going to be like, swipe right. Let me chat with you. Yeah. I know it's going to go nowhere. What are you like, doing tonight? Yeah. What are you doing tonight? Let's hang out. Right. But uh, but it's it's just it's about being careful of your time because you'll end up spending time with someone like that rather than um, opening yourself up for the people who are better compatible and decisions ultimately that are better for your life yeah. and you only have space for so much yep yeah for sure and and to kind of take that off of like the dating because we've been talking about dating a lot but like 
one of the things that I see a lot in like the people that I coach that want to like make the transition to, you know, this type of lifestyle yeah. that we live is like they see the ad online with the guy with the Lambo or the yeah, guy yeah. with the villa or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, you know, I, I did this drop shipping and you know, you sure, want to learn sure. drop shipping and all like that. And I'm like, we get emotionally invested into that and say, wow, I could have a Lambo if I learned drop shipping or I could do this, if yeah, I do yeah. that. And they're not seeing the fact that like, if you don't have the right skills and the right resources to build a drop shipping business, well, you're not going to be successful yeah. no matter how many Lambos you see in front of you. For sure. Right. Like, for sure. It, so it comes back to being able to say, okay, what are the resources that I have? What are the skills that I have? What is the lifestyle that I want? What do I care about? What do I want to be involved in on a daily basis? Defining all that, yep. then going into the marketplace and selecting, okay, what is a match for that? What for are sure. the different business opportunities? What are the different jobs? What are the different careers that I can go down that are going to meet that? Yep. And like the prime example is like going to college, right? When I was younger, I never decided on the lifestyle that I wanted. I yep. had some dreams and stuff, but I wasn't like set in like the life that I wanted. So what did I do? I spent, f you know, four or five years in college, which is completely different direction yeah. than the life that I actually yeah. wanted. Yeah. And why was that? Because I didn't know how to make decisions. I didn't know how to define the path that I wanted to go. For sure. That's a great point, man. Yeah. yeah and I think that, uh, that, that choosing... And we talked about it in one of the earlier episodes, like make sure your ladder's on the right wall. It's like put yeah. that there first before you go through all the effort to create a drop shipping business and then realize that's not compatible. And and that's part of my story. Like I, I created a dropship business. Yeah. We we were really successful at it. We were making six figures a month. And then I'm like, I hate doing this because the end result of this is I'm shipping cheap Chinese products all around the world. This I didn't do that at the beginning. I didn't make the right decision. I didn't understand my values and my morals and if that aligned to that job. So Yeah, it's all about like the way that like it's what's the quote? It's like how much money you make is not important as important as how you make your money. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really what it is. For sure. At the end of the day. Um, and that goes back to the concept that I love talking about, which is like find a game that's actually worth winning. So what I mean by find a game that's worth winning is actually looking at what winning the game would look like. So if you want to, let's say, start a drop shipping business, okay. right? Before you did that, had you looked around and said, okay, what does this actually look like? Let's say that I do have a six-figure drop shipping business. Before you do it, yep. what is my day-to-day -day life going to look like? What is my contribution on earth going to look like? Sure. What are the customer service emails going to look like? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is all that going to look like? And is that actually worth winning? Do I want to yeah. be in that position? Yeah. And then the other thing is like, You've read uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, yeah. Mark Manson. Yep. He talks about how like he wanted to be a musician. He wanted to you know, perform on stage. He wanted, to, I think he played guitar or something. And he's like, I had these dreams of me on stage as people clapping and playing this amazing music. And he's like, and then I saw the reality of it was like, at, at you know 10 p.m. every night, I was carrying a ginormous amp and the guitar and all this equipment and all this stuff into like these little clubs. And I was like, I don't really want to do this. Like, this is not worth winning this game. Like, I don't want to go through six or seven years of carrying this shit every night from 10, 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just, just keep doing that. So when it comes to, like, making decisions, well, future project and see, is the game that I'm trying to play right now actually worth winning? Yeah. Or am I going to get there and it's going to suck? Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, I think you bring up such a good point about, like, understanding if the game is worth winning. Because um, I think a lot of people don't do that because they don't think they're going to win the game. Ooh, I didn't even thought about that, yeah. They they don't they're like hey, if I had any success, I would be stoked. But the reality is that's just really a lack of self-confidence and I think if I look back at my drop shipping thing, at the time I didn't really know how to make money online. 
like I did freelance stuff, which is a very clear way of making money online. But I'm mm. like, I don't, from running my own business, I don't really know. Mm. So if I found success in this, I would be so stoked that this would be amazing. But the reality is I should have gone into it and said, hey, I know I'm eventually gonna find success. Uh, let me make sure that success is the right success. It's the game is worth winning or not. Yeah, it's the and right game. It, do I wanna pay that toll? For me, I didn't wanna pay the toll. The customer service emails, the shipping crappy Chinese products, it didn't match who I was as a person. Like I really care about the end result of the shit I'm doing and like, is this making the world a better place? And it wasn't. Yeah. So, so we in, ended up selling that business. Like we had our biggest month ever and then sold the business because we were like, mm, don't I don't want anything to, to do with Don't this. want to touch this. Yeah, no, um, I, I know that about you yeah. and that's super cool. Yep. And I wonder how many people actually like would make that decision after having a six figure business and just exit like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope, I think more people will. I think that's the world's changing a little bit. I think the idea of like like capitalism at all costs is seems to be moving out of mm. popularity. Like in the 90s, right? It was like the, the Gordon Gecko, right? Like whatever you can, just make as much money as you can on the stock market, yeah. do all this. Just but I feel like, dog. yeah, it's just like, that's, that's fading out of the world because at the, at the end of the day, like you said, it's more important how you make your money than how much money you make. Totally. Because if you really believe that I'm going to have success no matter what, you want to, you want to be sitting on that yacht and enjoying <laughs> knowing that you didn't step on people's heads and burn villages to get there For to, real. to have that because you don't, you don't sleep well at night with that. Mm -hmm. No, your conscience knows. Yeah, and, and going back to the Mark Manson story, that's actually really interesting because um, when I left my job in, uh, in London, one of the things I wanted to do is I felt like I wanted to try comedy out. And so I signed up. Uh, I booked like a month and a half out. I booked a five-minute comedy spot at a comedy club there. Huh. I was able to convince them to let me go do a five-minute spot. They're like, have you done comedy before? I'm like, never. <laughs> um, so I went and I... I loved the creative process of like sitting down by myself, having to write jokes, come up with things myself. Sure. And uh, it was actually the most enjoyable thing I've probably ever done. No way. Um, just cause I would, I would go to a coffee shop and I'd be completely in my own world, like coming up with this creativity. And uh, I went and did my first set after a month and a half. It was like the hardest thing I'd ever done just from like coming up with those jokes to going and doing it. I did mediocre at best. Um, and I really thought like, I'm gonna keep doing this but as I got there and I looked around at like who were the people I was hanging out with, mm. it was like two in the morning, everyone's drinking and smoking. It's just like the toll wasn't worth paying for that game. The game wasn't worth winning. With the sacrifice. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of like what Mark Manson is saying, like look around at that end result. Do you want to be around that? And I noticed in that moment, I'm like, huh, these aren't the people I want to spend time around. I like the creative process of coming here, but I don't want to – I don't want to do that. And so I think what's transitioned over this period from that experience to the drop shipping is like, let me figure out the values. Let me figure out what I want, but then let me go find a mentor who actually is doing it. Um, and then follow a proven plan. Yeah. Cause that takes away Huge, a lot bro. of the guesswork, a lot of the, like, I don't know what to do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Find and validate a real mentor and mm -hmm. do whatever it takes to be near that person and learn from them. Yeah. It's so freaking valuable, man. And, and like people, people just underestimate the value of it. And, you know, a lot of people come to me and they're like, they know I'm in real estate or that I've been in real estate for five years. And like, they ask me for coaching in real estate and that's not something that I offer, right? Yep. Cause it just, it's not in line with what I want to be doing right now. Cool. But I always tell them like, even though I, I'm not going to coach you, please get a coach. Yeah. Like, please find someone who has the business that you want 
and find a way to work with them because the amount of time that you save, the amount of mistakes that you save yourself from, the amount of money that you save is always like 50 to 100x the cost of the coach. <laughs> like, and it's so, it's but so wait, easy. wait, that coach costs $2,000 a month? Yeah, okay. Well, the first time that you make a $10,000 mistake, yeah. you're going to sit back and be like, fuck, I wish I bought the coach yeah. because I would have called him before I made that decision yeah. and he would have said, don't do that. For sure. And there's that two grand times five right there. And I've seen that so many times in my own business career where I've gone and I've, you know, I, I've made the decision to say, no, no, I think I'm going to spend the five grand on marketing instead of a coach. Mm -hmm. And then the five grand on marketing produces zero. And the coach is sitting there with seven students that are doing better than me. Yeah. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. I, I, I love that, man. I think it's so, it's so valuable. And for a long time, I was like anti-coach. You were. I just, I was like, oh, I'll figure it out myself. I can do it myself. And in a little bit of ego, oh, I'm probably smarter than that guy anyways. What am I going to learn from him? Your coach can be a lot less smart than you. But yeah. if he knows the blueprint and the proven game plan to get somewhere, he's going to be way more valuable than you being highly intelligent and trying to figure it out yourself for a year and a half, wasting your time, taking the wrong path. Yeah. But the other thing is like being really specific about your coach. Yep. Because, you know, if, if Uncle Johnny owns a pizzeria and you go to him for business advice about your dropshipping company, you've got a mismatch there. Right. He could probably give you some good general business advice and like maybe managing your, you know, your books or whatever. Right. Sure. But I'd say like really get niche down on your coach too. Mm. like figure mm. out, find someone that has produced the exact result that you're trying to produce yep. and then talk to them. Because that's that's one of the biggest things when we talk about filtering and filtering decisions, filter advice too. 100%. like if you're taking advice from your mom because she loves you, but your mom hasn't accomplished what you're trying to accomplish. You're sabotaging yourself, even though it's coming from a place of love. Sure. And I know that that's kind of a common narrative, but as common as it is, people still do it every day. Yeah. And so what, what is it that stops people from filtering that advice? Mm. I think what it is oftentimes is people, people get advice from someone who's maybe more intelligent than them, right? It's like Steve over here, he got his MBA from a really good school. Let me get his advice on my digital marketing company. Steve doesn't do digital marketing. So why am I getting advice from him? And I think it's kind of going to what you're saying is like, make sure you're getting advice from people in that field. It doesn't matter if they're more intelligent than you. Most people have a lens that they look out of. Yeah. Right. Every problem, a marketer believes every problem is solved with marketing. A salesperson believes every problem is solved with sales. A technology person believes every problem is solved with technology. Like, figure out the lens people are looking through and then say, is this someone who's going to be able to look at this situation with a non-biased opinion? And oftentimes someone who's done that same step that you're wanting to get to, they've tried the sales guy, they've tried the marketing, they've tried the technology, and they know what is really the right step. Yeah, and the flip side of that too is like, someone comes to you for advice and like we always want to give advice Hell we yeah. are, like especially if it's someone you care about you're like i want to help them i want to give them advice but the the step above that is being the bigger person and being like you know what i'm not the best person to advise you about mm, that love that you, and, you had a story like that recently didn't you did i who was that with, with? with nits maybe oh that's right yeah i had, I had a, a friend reach out to me and he was like hey i'd like to set up like one-on-one -on -one coaching with you like once or twice a month, I have some extra income now. I read a book that said I should invest in coaching more yeah, yeah. and I would like to invest in, you know, into coaching with you. And I straight up told him, I was like, dude, I like, I'll be available for you if you want me to be. But my advice would be to find someone that's built the business that you're building right now yeah. 
and go pay them for their advice. For sure. And it's like, I built a successful business, but in in the real estate space, not in the agency space, right? That's what he was looking at. And it's like, I'm sure I could give him some good advice, but I can't give him the best advice. And I don't want to take his money and then offer him lower than what he can find somewhere else. And I think that's a hard thing to do. And it felt a little bit weird, but I know like deep down my intuition was like, don't do it. Yeah. It's not right. Yeah. And I think if more people would make decisions like that, there'd be less bad advice running around the place, <laughs> you know? For sure. Yeah. And, and part of making those good decisions, and we've talked about a, a number of things, right? It's like understanding your morals and values first. I would say that's like baseline here. Um, the second one is filtering out the bad advice. Get people who really know the thing you're, you're thinking of. So make sure that the, the echo chamber you're in is a good one with the right advice. And then kind of that third one and probably the most important one, but it's the hardest one, is like develop intuition yeah. around decisions. Yeah. Like feel it. I would say the big – and like what's popping in my head right now is like developing intuition is getting rid of noise. Mm. And it's, it's, you know, not to harp on meditating or anything yep. like that, but it's like, it's getting rid of all those 2,500 thoughts and getting in touch with the feeling, the yep. thing that's, that's just pulsating through you saying, this is the way, yep. this is the way. And I think so, there's so much distraction, so much stimulation today that most people aren't even aware of that, that thing that's inside of them. Yep. They don't even feel it. No. They don't notice it because it's the quietest voice in you. Yeah. And it's oftentimes when people know it. It's, it's so funny. I was, I was talking to a buddy the other day and he was like going back and forth on this decision. And I'm like, what is it? He's going back and forth and he kept going and he was like kind of defending a decision that he was going to make. And I'm like, what feels right? Yeah. And he's like, in a quiet voice, like what feels right? Yeah. And he's like this. And he knew, yeah. but he was fighting it. And it's like that you, you, there's a knowingness that most people have when they really stop thinking about everything, all the different possibilities. And it was like me with the HP deal. It was like, I knew it wasn't yeah. right. But my monkey brain was like, I want 50 grand a month. Let's yeah. go. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It reminds me of like, um, like I had a conversation with Brittany recently yep. and I was making a business decision and I was like, you know, I spent like 10 minutes just like telling her all the factors on both sides of the decision. And then she goes and she's like, you know, none of that really matters. And I'm like, of course it matters. Those are all the factors of the decision. She's like, how do you feel about doing it this way? And I was like, I know, I don't know. She's like, like make the decision in your brain and tell me how you feel about that decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I feel righteous. I feel like this is the right way to go. You know, all these different feelings. She's okay. Make the other decision in your brain. I said, you know, this is how I feel. And she's like, how clear is it now? And I'm like, wow, it had nothing to do with all the fa- factors that I thought it was. For sure. I knew the answer. For sure. And the other thing that she always talks about, which is so freaking powerful, and like we got to get her on the podcast yeah, soon yeah. and all that, but um, she talks about the concept of like the feather, the brick, and the truck. Yeah. And I love like, it. Oh, it's such a good analogy, but it's like your inner voice will tell you stuff very softly, first off, and life will tell you stuff very softly. And a lot of people ignore that. And she considers that like the feather. She explains yep. it better than I do, but she considers that like the feather. If you ignore what your your intuition is saying, eventually it's going to throw a brick at you and it's going to hurt a little bit, right? And if you still ignore the brick and you continue going in the wrong path, eventually you're going to get hit by a fucking truck and you're not going to have a choice. You're You're going to have to to go the other way. You're going to have to listen to your intuition because that's all that exists then. And I think the practice is really getting in touch with the feathers, being able to like feel those feathers when they come up and say, where am I going? Like, what is this telling me? 
yeah, the softness of those, the the gentle guidance of those, and and that is the intuition. And I I love that analogy. And yeah. uh, when she brought it, that up to us on that weekend away, I'm like, ah, oh, I know, I got hit by so many bricks this last year. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, because that happens so much, right? It's like, okay, I, I I feel that way, but no, I'll I'll keep going. I I think it will get better. I think, and it's like, no, nah, feel that, feel that voice, work with it. Yeah. Go with yeah. it. Logic is our greatest strength and our greatest weakness. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Cool. You think people got some stuff to uh, help with decision making? I think so. I, I hope I, so. I think I did. Yeah, me too. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. In that, that silence, um, that, that voice. And like, I think the, the key to living a life where you're guided by the feather is being really honest with yourself. Because we hear it, and then we're like, mm, no, it, it's, maybe that's just fear. Let me ignore that. But, but I think it's, it's can you be 100% honest with yourself when you feel something's not right? And uh, oftentimes the reason why we don't do it is because we're, uh, we're out of a scarcity mindset. A lot of times the decision's out of a scarcity mindset. Yeah, one of the ways that I, I've recently gotten more in touch with feathers, so to say, yep. is thoughts are fleeting logic is fleeting a lot of times the feather keeps coming up mm. lightly yep. but each day that that keeps returning to you mm-hmm. and that's what you're looking for wow that's powerful yeah i i just got that from this episode i'm taking that away I'm there, going we with that. Yeah. there we go yeah cool. good stuff let's get Brittany on the on our next episode cool think she will I like that yeah yeah, yeah. super good cool stuff, bro you want to finish up? Yeah. What's up, guys? <laughs> I appreciate you guys joining. I hope this was valuable for you guys. And, and one of the things that, you know, we talked about here is, is just the amount of decisions we have in our day-to-day life. And I think it would be interesting to hear from you guys as well. Um, if you're listening to this right now, yes, I'm talking to you. Drop us a comment either in our Facebook group or on YouTube. Uh, let us know kind of how you deal with the constant barrage of decisions and choices that you have in your life. And if you found this valuable, if you have any other ideas that you want to uh, share with us, because we want to keep learning as well. Definitely. Definitely. Cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. And we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Whew. Good oh. shit, bro.